0: Good morning, good morning. Uh, The Wham! reference, um, as Quinlan went by, uh, she said it was a historical song. Uh, For those of you that are my age, that hurt. And it is, uh, I think it is uh, flannel day here at Emmaus. Uh, Someone asked me if uh, mine was red for chiefs. I I don't think that was kind, Pastor Clintz. As many of you guys know, I was not here last week. Um, I was blessed with uh, my son and I were blessed with Chief Cowboys tickets, and we got to go see it. was awesome. It was a it was a blessing a memory that we will hold dear forever. Uh, Cowboys did not win, and uh, that's okay too, right? The Lord uh, gave us uh, tickets, and uh, the Lord gave the Chiefs a win. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, as <clears throat> we left a little early, and uh, we got to got to my car, got to my truck, and because I wanted to. You know, it was cold and the Cowboys were gonna lose. And uh, so we got to the truck and, um, you know, my, my son who's nine is kind of having his moment of like being really frustrated that his, his team lost. And I'm like, son, you know, this is just part of being a fan and you gotta be in it in the good times and the bad times and, and real fans do that. And I kid you not, with the most serious face over, he looks at me and says, dad, real fans don't leave with eight minutes left to go in the game. So yeah, like, like well, all right, son, you're right, you're right, you're right. So this morning uh, we're going to be talking about building your house and um, just following the Lord. And uh, I love how our you know our own children can teach us a thing or two as well. This morning we're going to be in Matthew seven uh, verses 24 through 29. Uh, our main teaching points will be 24 through uh, 27, and we're going to look at that this morning. Matthew seven. Verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let us pray. Father, Lord, God, we just come to you in Jesus' name, the name above all names. Father, Lord, would you build our house? Would you build our lives? And would they be placed on the rock of Jesus? And that goes for all of us. Would we come to you humbly and boldly Boldly, because we need you, and humbly, because we need your grace. Father, transform our minds and our hearts to you, in Jesus' name, amen. So this is the last teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, from the Beatitudes, um, here to chapter 7, and Jesus has told us a whole bunch of things to this point. Jesus calls us not to lust, not to hate. To turn the other cheek. To do good for God and not for men. To not worry about our future. To not judge people without the grace of God and the justice of God. And then Jesus tells us here, start living it. Start doing it. Start building your life on these things and watch what all do. What God will do. And that's what this message is about this morning for us I think every generation has its, its trials and its times. And I think if you look at this time, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult time in our generation. And so it's also an important time that the church would rise up. And where we need to repent, we need to repent. Where we need to be renewed, we need to be renewed and strengthened and challenged. And that's what church is about. We come together, tomb more gather together in his name to praise God first and foremost for all that he has done. But also to be equipped and built up. Sometimes that, that equipping comes in a rebuke, comes in a correction. And that, that's for all of us where God says, this is, this is what it is to follow me. And so as we look at this this morning, we just want to follow the Lord. And he gives us this understanding of the, the two different houses, one built on the sand and one built on a rock. And where Jesus is teaching this at, many times throughout the year, the, um, the Jordan River would, would flood, and people that built their house on a sand, and his audience knew what they were talking about, their houses, they, didn't, they, they wouldn't stand. But those that built them on the rock, they could take the floods. And so Jesus gives this teaching to his audience, and they know exactly what he's talking about. And he says, if you want your house to be like that, your life to be like that, build it on the teachings that I've just given you. So Jesus raises the standards He said, you know, you're told not to murder. He said, don't murder in your heart. Well, you know, not to have sex outside of marriage. He said, don't don't lust in your heart. Like, Jesus raises the standard to many. you need a Savior. And with God, we might look at this, and and, and without God, we go, it's impossible. That's the point. But with God, all things are possible. And so we say, Lord, build your kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, and build it in my life and in your life. Psalms 18.2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My, My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield on the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And this morning, is that true for you? You know, the rains come, the winds come, the storms come. That's, just, that's part of this side of heaven. It's for all of us, believer and the unbeliever. And the difference is, is the unbeliever says, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to build my own house. The believer says, I am sunk without Jesus. And maybe this morning, you're going through a time that says, man, I need him to be my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. Is he the one that you take refuge in? Is Jesus and his teachings truly your rock? Is he truly your fortress? And Jesus has given us a challenge here. He says, "Men, put these things into practice. Start doing them and watch what will happen. And it takes us to James 1.22 that tells us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive ourselves. Do what it says. So there's this beautiful challenge as I read the word of God and you Read the word of God, and God says, are you going to trust me in this? Or are you going to go out and make this investment and see what God will do? The thing is here for us to trust and obey. Things don't let go of Jesus. That, that's our job. I'm not letting go of Jesus. No matter what doubt comes in, what temptations come in, what failings come in. This is for you as well. I'm not, I'm not letting go of Jesus because I know he's not letting go of me. That's a promise that I can take to the bank, and so can you. See, both builders experience the same elements. The rain, the rising of the stream, the wind. So what you're going through is not, it's not common to man. And hear this this morning. Again, like I said, this is like like a generational stuff we're going through. Some of the things that we're going through right now have not happened in 80 to 100 years. So of course there's going to be some good stuff. There's also going to be some hard stuff. You are not alone in what you're going through. God isn't messing with you. He's doing something bigger and greater than what you can see. There's three lies that we'd look to build the house that God wants to build for you. There's three lies that I'd like to look at this morning that the enemy loves to give us. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. Right now in 2021. The first one, that you would be isolated and alone. Alone. This is an agenda that the enemy always wants to do. Can he separate you? That's, that's what a wolf will do. Let me, let me take the sheep away from each other. Let me, let me, let me get them alone, because when they're together, they're stronger. Maybe that's a lie that you're struggling with this morning, that you are isolated, that you're alone. No one is going through with what you're going through. You've sinned in a special way that God can't forgive. You have troubles that nobody else can understand. That is not true. Another lie is that, that God is distant He's not close. That can be in an, an atheist, agnostic mindset. It can also be in a very religious mindset. That we talk about God, but we don't talk to God. There's a difference there. He's got a relationship. He's constantly saying, bride, come closer. Bride, come closer. God is close. He's not far from us, even when we sin. The third lie is that it doesn't matter. You find yourself either enraged this last year and a half, or maybe just cold hearted. It just doesn't matter. Well, it does. It all matters, and it matters to God. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen tells us this. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide us a way out so that you can stand up under it. It's that, it's that first thing that says, what I'm going through that isolation, nobody can understand. And God says, no, 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 no. What you're going through is not uncommon to man. There's other people going through exactly what temptation you have, what addiction you have, what doubt you have. There's other people struggling with that too. And when God says that, that he will not put you under more temptation than you can bear, he's not saying that you can do it, but he's saying that he can do it in you. That's that building of that house. This is the Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my refuge. Be very careful, thinking right now that you're the only one. I promise you, if we just like did a survey, a high percentage of us would say, I'm struggling with that right now. I'm the loneliest in the room. I'm the one with the most troubles in the room. I'm the one with the smallest bank account and the, the least to be liked. Whatever it would be, I never win at any... He's is a from the enemies, and he has an agenda. I want to look at someone in Scripture from the Old Testament, a great prophet by the name of Elijah. In fact, the book of James tells us that we can pray just like Elijah did, and powerful things will happen. And why does the book of James bring up Elijah? Because Elijah was a man just like you and I. He's a person of faith, but he's also a person that doubted. And one of the things that Elijah struggled with was thinking he was the only one. In First 1 Kings nineteen ten, says he replies to the Lord, "I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death. With the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too." In First 1 Kings nineteen ten, this is Elijah running from God, because this prophetess is coming, and in his mind, he's coming to 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 kick his bum. And he's like, see you later. And he's, he's having this pouting moment before the Lord, before the Lord shows him his glory. But this isn't the first time that Elijah thinks, man, I am the only one doing it. In a moment of victory in 1 Kings 18 through 22, it says, Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets when you read it in, in 1 Kings 18, you think, man, how victorious, how brave. He's the only one, and he's showing, man, the, 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 the cards are stacked against me, but look at me. I'm Elijah. I'm going to be the only one, but that also becomes his stumbling block in chapter 19, verse 10. See, whether it be in a moment of despair or a moment of victory, how dare you think how dare I think, and I think it all the time, I'm the only one who cares. I'm the only one that sees what God is doing. Don't let the enemy do that to you. As we look at building the house that the Lord would want us to build in our lives, don't be isolated. Don't think you're the only one. Don't believe in the lie that God has now, he died on the cross for you, but now he can't stand you. Not true. And that everything good and bad that we go through has a purpose and a plan. See, doubting and questioning is a part of faith. John the Baptist said, Jesus, are you the one? Peter denied Christ at the cross. King David failed as a husband and a king and a friend. But yet God says he's a man after God's own heart. Paul had a thorn. James and John fought over who loved Jesus the most. See, if you if you doubt and, and you question, you're probably on a really great faith journey. The difference between doubting in faith and doubting with lack of faith is: do you still just run to Jesus? And when I doubt and you doubt, and I question, like, Lord, am I alone? Lord, are you are you there? It's a good part of faith. Like, it's a part of it. But real faith is, oh, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the rock. And I'm going to hold on to Christ because I know he'll never let go of me. Brendan Manning said this in the Ragamuffin Gospel. My deepest awareness of myself is that I'm deeply loved by Jesus Christ. And I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. See, Scripture says he will never leave you or forsake you. Scripture says he will fight for you. Scripture says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Scripture says, his word does not come back void. But you can't wait for the storms to come to build the house. You got to say, Lord, build it now. Your way, not my way. God's plan, not my plan. So we look on this as like following Jesus. And putting his words into practice, not just reading them, but doing them. Being kind, being loving, standing up for truth, repenting of sin. And the list goes on of the things that God has called us to do. How do how do we how do we get there? And I wanna teach on one of my favorite passages, and Pastor Clint's favorite passage too, but I get the mic first. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and this is a passage that from the beginning of my faith journey with the Lord in middle school till now continues to be an anthem that the Lord says, this is what you got to do, son. This is what you got to do. Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. There's three things that you need to do, and then there's a fourth one that God just does. As we look at building a foundation for your life, it starts first with trust. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And I think that's one of the things that is 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 first found in salvation. I'm trusting the Lord with my sin. Your sin. Like that, it doesn't get more personal than that. Like Jesus knows the stuff that I wouldn't tell you. And we trust him with our eternity. Trusting the Lord is where salvation starts. And for many of us, I think that is something the Lord said, man, you just got to trust me more. You can't trust the Lord from a distance. You can't trust the Lord saying you're the only one and believing that lie. And you can't trust the Lord thinking that sin doesn't matter and righteousness doesn't matter and there's not a right way and a wrong way. Many times when we look at trust, we want to do it from a very comfortable place and say, yeah, Lord, I'm trusting you. Or we try to do it all ourselves and say, God, why don't we show up? I just want to trust you. To trust the Lord, we must let go of our comfort in some ways and our own strength in some ways. I want to look in Scripture of uh, two different examples of, of trust Lack of trust and trust that leads to salvation. In Luke 18, 22 to 23, we look at the, the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and said, man, I, just want, I want to follow you, Lord. And Jesus knows his heart, knows his mind, and he asks him about the, the Ten Commandments and keeping the truth. And the, the rich young ruler, is, I've done this, I've done that, I'm the good boy, I'm the good guy, I've done it all. And then Jesus asks him, this one last thing. It says, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still like one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. See, trusting the Lord with all your heart, trusting God with the things you have and the things that you don't have. In this last year and a half, have we not been really tested in that? Do I trust the Lord with my health, with my retirement, with my bank account, with my kids as a father, with my kids' lives and their future? For the rich young ruler, there there, there was a limit. It wasn't the doubt or questioning that was the problem, but he did stop at following Jesus because of his great wealth. Now, it's not wrong to be rich. That's not the sin in itself. But when that becomes our God, we will choose that over God every time. Now, I want to look at another example of the thief at the cross in Luke 22 39 to 43. And here Jesus is at the cross, he's, he's crucified and he's in the middle. There's a thief on his left and a thief on his right. So, if one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, aren't you the Christ? There's two examples. One is the example of the rich guy that says, no, I've, I'm not letting go of those stuff to follow you. I've got my limits. There's one thief that says, no, man, no. No, if, if you're really God, you'd save me from this punishment. The other one realizes his deeds, and he realizes how good Jesus is, and he says, I'm going with the Lord. Trusting God with your sin, your punishment, and life after death. It's that that anthem that says, I'm riding with Jesus, and nothing will change that. As long as I can just get into the car with Jesus, that's, do we understand that faith, his word, his truth, his promises? If we're trusting God, then at times, he will take us to uncomfortable places that allow us to trust and build up more trust. It's called faith. I remember 15 years ago, being a part of this church plant here, leaving a very comfortable job situation at a church. And it didn't make sense. It was like as a youth pastor it was like it was just things were just keep going and going. And couldn't be more blessed and happy with the church we were at and the Lord said you're going to plant a church. And about 6 months into that church plant the recession hit and we we're like what were we thinking? Like man, nobody has any money. This is really bad. But the Lord did great things and we could say It is God, not us. Pandemic hits. You know, Pastor Clint and I and the staff, and we're meeting, and we're talking about all these things, and what are we going to do? And the Lord starts to stir in Pastor Clint and Maggie's heart about moving to Ecuador for a while. He didn't want to tell me, and partly because I was like, who would leave their post during a pandemic? (laughs) And I was like, I think I'm supposed to. And I knew it was from the Lord because I know his heart and his integrity, and I also know how much he loves his family, he loves his church. There's also this factor of like, dude, we're going to need finances to move you guys to Ecuador. Who's going to give during a pandemic? And I don't know their exact percentage, but it's like 95% there. Like, seeing the Lord do things takes trust in us, not for the easy times. Oh, man, I'm so, so faithful, like I'm going to choose a time to say I'm trusting God when I could do this. But how about when, like, God doesn't show up and it did not happen? That is trust. And we were talking as an elder team last week and just seeing so many things that God has done and the times that we as a church body say, okay, Lord, we see that you're in it. And it's going to have to be you that shows up for there to be fruit. Trust the Lord with all your heart. The second one. Lean not on your own understanding. Right? As, as God builds up trust, he says, man, you're going to have to trust me in kindness and forgiveness. You're going to have to trust me in starting that business, starting that family. You have to trust me with your health. And then we, we take that step of faith, like, God, I, I believe I'm here in your voice and your truth. One of the, 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 the most important things that we would do in that second step is not to lean to our own understanding. When fear comes in, you just want to take the reins, right? Like you're in the water, and you got that life jacket on, and if you're not a good swimmer, you're like double-checking the life jacket, right? You think you can swim better than the life jacket. Lean not to your understanding 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So 1 Corinthians 3.11 it's another time when, when uh, the Apostle Paul is dealing with false teachings and people are, you know, they're struggling in their faith and they go, well, you know what? We must, we, we must need to add to it, you know? Still going through struggles. Wait a minute, Jesus spoke about that in Matthew 7, didn't he? The storm will come, the wind will come. But on my, on my rock, you'll have a firm foundation. If you put it on the sand, you won't. But instead of going back to the rock, of their salvation, they would say, well, let's add to it. And Jesus said, no, 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 nobody laid it better than what Jesus did. No one put it, you can't, you can't get any more beautiful and complex than Jesus saves. Right? There's nothing more supernatural than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying right there. God's ways are higher than mine and yours. And I would say this if everything about God makes sense to you all the time, then you probably need to question whose understanding you are relying on. This is the hardest thing, is when I trust, I, wanna, I, I, I say I'm trusting, but I don't want to trust. And to trust the Lord, I have to let go and say, well, I wouldn't do it this way, but God would. Proverbs 14.12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Proverbs 14.12 reminds me, you think you're so right. I think I'm so right, but it leads to death, which is why I say, Lord, we need your understanding, your way. Are we following the God of the Bible or the God you would be if you were God. Right? That that is the question. That goes for all of us. Like when I'm following Jesus, and it's like, no, trust me, trust me, son, trust me, daughter. Come on, build your house on these things. And and the Lord says, be kind, even to people who aren't kind to you. Turn the other cheek. That's right in there. That's a tough one. That's not by my understanding. My understanding is, I punch first, be nice later. Right? Anyone else raised that way? Right? Is it the God of the Bible that I'm following who is more loving than I've ever seen? But he's also more righteous than I've ever seen, right? And again, some of us in this room, man, we can, we can, we can roll with the Jesus that's so kind and loving, but can we roll with the Jesus that says, this is how far the ocean can go? Are we rolling with Jesus as there's a right and a wrong and it doesn't always uh, go in line with Fox News or CNN, right? Are we rolling with that Jesus? We lean onto our own understandings. It's always a different Jesus than the Bible. And there's not one person that can't be challenged in that. Stay humble. I love this quote by Toby Mac. No matter how big your house is, how new your car is, or how big your bank account is, our graves will all be the same size. Stay humble. Psalms 1 1 through 3, blesses a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit at the seat of mockers. But he, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in the season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7, as much as what he, he's saying in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, is like you got to trust in the Lord. you got to go to his garden, let him plant the seed, let him do the watering. Your part is, man, I'm just going to be faithful. And I'm going to trust in the Lord. And I'm going to st- stop trying to do it my own way. And I'm going to trust in him and let him do what he's going to do. And Every let him produce obstacle the fruit. Between us, Day and night, mood, he meditates he on that way. law. Why? Because, again, God's going to call us to things like, well, God, I wouldn't do it that yeah. way. To get close to us. I wouldn't call that person to do that thing. I wouldn't. He's like, yep, it's not your way. Or since we were created. To not lean on our own understandings, we must stop trusting ourselves and we start will, trusting God. The world would tell life. you, listen to your inner voice. And a, a life of joy. Now, if that inner voice is not marinated Peace. in the Holy Spirit, which points to the Word of God, then you're listening to Oprah and not we don't Christ. deserve it. And, it and it I don't mean right. that to be. There's there's a and whole world out there is, that says, "Man, listen, listen to you." And I'm like, "Man, I'm making some dumb choices. Right? I'm dumb, listen, done listening to myself. I need Jesus every. So and God reminds me so in little things all the time, it. like, "Oh, see, that's you leaning to your own understanding. Like, my bad. But not gonna do that. So Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your so own care. understandings." The third one. In all your ways acknowledge God. You're the only thing that we need. the only thing that will satisfy us. The Lord is the light to our path. His word is a light to our path. We are sunk without it. We are sunk without the Holy Spirit. When the Lord says in, in Corinthians that there's that there's no sin that's new, and, and that, that 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 you're just sunk. What He's saying is, man, He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us Word. He's given us the church body so to help good. us overcome those things. So he hasn't just left us uh, alone and, we and you. helpless. But in your when his power, you. great things happen. Amen. So to acknowledge the Lord, and one of those things we acknowledge the Lord, by: we Welcome need the word of God. Happy we need the season. spirit of God what, who empowers his people. Really My like old Ford car that I had for you know 16 like years. Wham. One of the problems it had is it to be driving along, the lights would just Thank go you. off. Thank you. Just go off. I'll be here all day. I'd get it fixed, and um, a couple uh, months later, so do it again. I'd just be a, driving down, down moment, Highway 13, like, 70 miles an hour. You, and pff, and then, um, lights would go off. And we'll I'm like, have oh, some announcements at this time. Dumb, that's not Parents good. can walk their kids. So kids I'd one of two-choice either. And youth. Drive with the lights off. Pastor Nate, dog. Not good. Tried it once, not good. Or with the brights on. People let me know what they thought of me when I would drive. Right. Kind of like how what we do when we don't trust the Lord and we, and we we're kind of going our own way. This life's just a big mess. And it's not just that it's wind and rain and storms. It's it's that without Jesus. There's no hope in that faith. But when we trust the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our understandings and in all our ways acknowledge him. We're saying, Lord, we need you. Like we're not gonna, we're not gonna drive anymore with the lights off or on the brights. Like we need you to be the light to our path. Psalms 118.24, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, all right. All right. No matter how good. Um, or so, bad just a, the day a few seems, announcements. It's a sacred day. To um, just Wednesday night, this Wednesday. And uh, even in Wednesday our joy, worship. we can mourn.
1: Uh, it will be a, even in a six. our. Morning, we can have hope. hope. Free, dinner, so I encourage you like, like this Wednesday. Build your life um, then on then worship weekend, and praise Saturday and acknowledging Sunday, that God is there. Um, Saturday at
0: two and then the service how, is next Sunday. How is our dare we be uh, kids Christmas musical people without hope so when we've we received all hope through the, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ? Amazing awesomeness. Like of course we're and, going to struggle um, with that because we're the human. There's gonna be testing number, of that because we're human. As we draw near to God, would we have that hope and when we just keep praise him. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Facebook. Lean not com, to your own understandings. And all your ways ideas. acknowledge him. It's you why worship this morning is so important. I love to bring, but, you know, For whatever. some of us, you know, we just um, need to be you know, awakened back up. We've we got there, the dude. turkey coma yeah, going on. Mashed potatoes. Gained about five pounds this week. It's not good. For some of us, like, man, the holidays were terrible. And they were lonely. Right? Both people need worship. And God, he's in the sacred. He is close, not far. Can you imagine, husbands, if you were too busy to notice that your bride walked down the aisle? Right? It's your wedding day. And, oh, you're, whoops, I didn't I didn't even, I was on my phone. My bad. Right? Or your child's attention, right? Right? Four, I have a 14-year-old in four years, she'll be 18. And I think God, some of the men and women in this church, when she was in her wonderful twos, would remind me, Do you're going to miss this? She's going to be gone. And man, like that, she's 14 in four years. Right? God is in the sacred, and the sacred doesn't have a DVR or a recording. Right? You got to stop and worship the Lord. There's 10,080 minutes in a week. How much of it is just saying, Jesus, you're so good? Jesus, you're so grand. You're so wonderful. And acknowledging God, there's all through Matthew 10, 33 that we'll look at in a couple months. where Jesus says, but whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. There's there's some cost with being a follower of Jesus Christ. And one of those is your life is not your own. And one of those will be held accountable are we rolling with Jesus and we're proclaiming Him before Jesus, that he's the answer for all things? Or we're we saying, mm, not today. Right? There's, there's a truth in that. So when we acknowledge the Lord, it's through worship, but it's also like Jesus is it. And some of us, in the, especially in the Western church, have really been struggling, is Jesus it? The world is asking where is God or who is God? The world is asking the right questions. Will the church give them the right answer? Fear God more than men. Love God more than man. And the last one, God will make your path straight. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. It's a promise. You can't wait and see the to do the three to see if he'll follow through on the fourth. It doesn't work that way. It's not faith. But that's what some of us do. Man, I'll have faith when he does this. That's not, that's not how this God works. Because he's God, not a human. His ways are higher than our ways. He is greater than what we can understand. He says, man, trust me. Obey me. Do it my way, not your way. Worship me no matter what you feel. And watch what I'll do in your life. His word says, I have plans for you. And on this road, the Lord reminds us of some things that will be on the journey. One of those is 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. As the Apostle Paul is talking about all the gifts and signs and wonders and powers of the church, he reminds us, and we need to be reminded of this today. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And may the church be full of God's love. Patient as God works in the life of all sinners, which is us. Not my way, but God's way. Not what I think is right, but what God thinks is right. God's view of what is loving, not society, not culture. And if we're walking with Jesus, then we will walk in greater ways of faith, hope, and love. I want to close in Psalms 23, 1 through 6. A very powerful passage just reminds us how much we need Jesus and how he's there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Verse 6, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I d- will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And what's beautiful about this passage here, it's written by King David, and he needed a God that was not distant, but one that was close. He needed one that told David no, but said there's a way back. He had much need to trust in God, and so do you and I. And he knew the only one that could open up the floodgates for his life was the Lord. God has a plan for you. Do you believe that? You are still here for a reason. Do you believe that? He's in control of all things. He knows every hair on your head. Jesus has the pages for your life already written. And I say this often, and it's one I have to remind myself. They are the book that you would read or want to read, but not the one you would write for yourself. Trust him, he is good, and he is better than we can imagine. Two questions as we close. And one, are you truly following Jesus? And you're just like, you know what? I've stumbled, I've sinned, I've fallen, but I'm still holding his hand, I'm not letting go because he's not letting go. I've been confused, but I still know he's the way. I've been been lonely, but I know he's still the comfort. Are you following Jesus? Are you truly following Jesus? For some, it's like, yeah, it's an anthem. Hopefully that's many. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some, you're present, but you're not present. Are you following Jesus? Number two, are you letting God build your house, or are you trying to build your own? When the Lord tells us to put these things into practice, at some point we have to just, all right, Lord, trusting you with my health. I'm trusting you with my kids, my future, my eternity. God, build the house that you want to build for you. You are God and I am not. If you guys can stand, we're going to close in prayer. And may this next year be a year of trust, and celebration. I think one of the greatest things we can do as a church is we trust and obey God. And when we do that, the Lord, we give him the opportunity to do what God does. And his word will not come back void in your life or in others' lives. That doesn't mean there's not gonna be the wind. That doesn't mean there's not gonna be the storms. Going through those things with him, his word will not come back void. He is a God that produces much fruit if we will trust and we will follow. Father Lord God, we love you and we we trust you. For you are better and greater than what we can even possibly understand. Lord, your word tells us to taste and see that you are good, and that is a great invitation. Would we taste? Would we taste and see that you're good? The winds are here. The storms are here. But God, you are here too. And that's the difference. Well, our prayer is that everyone would trust you as Lord and Savior. You are so good. You are so worth it. Your word does not come back void. And would the testimonies continue to happen in the rest of this year and next year that our Lord, he is close to the brokenhearted. He is with those that mourn. He sees all of us, and he has a way through his son, Jesus Christ, that we could be forgiven and set free for now and for eternity. And would we never stop singing the song of Jesus? For you reign, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.